Hey, this is A.B. Mac. I'm here with the beautiful, enticing, delectable, just definition of femininity. Is that a word, femininity? It can't be today. Cherie Goddess. <laughs> I'm here with Cherie Goddess. Say hello, Cherie. Hi, A.B. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So uh, uh, just to let the listening audience know, Cherie is sitting next to me in a black bra and panty ensemble and I have to tell y'all it's quite a sight it is quite (laughs) a sight she got the titties like pow and the ass like wow (laughs) I didn't know that you was gonna rhyme (laughs) (laughs) she got the onk dangling between the titties she got her nails done up and they got different they got the eye of horse on there and then they got the the uh what's that the feminine goddess sign uh-huh. what's that? yeah this is a symbol for goddess look i have taught you well they got sir the symbol for goddess she got the symbol for water on her nails mm-hmm. yeah so she done up she done up and real distracting right now i'm all in black and gold black and gold it suits you <laughs> thank you it suits you it <laughs> goes with your uh dark caramel complex complexion oh that's what yes. i yeah hype me dark caramel you're not a light caramel you a dark caramel thank you i appreciate you not trying to steal my melanin <laughs> <laughs> give me all of that uh-huh so how was your day today sheree I had a really good day. I actually took a nap in the middle of the day, so, you know, that's never a bad thing. You can never have a a wrong or fucked up day when you've taken a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah, and you know, that's a, uh, you know, I just read something about that, and it was talking, it has to do with job or work-related stress. So you've been able to beat that completely because you don't have no job. Yep. I'm totally stress-free. <laughs> Besides, I am married, so wrangling my husband is a full-time job. That is a full-time job. That's a job. full-time job. But the outside work stress of, like, you know, having a boss that you got to answer to and deadlines, and I don't have any of that. You ain't got none of that. Nada. Yeah. And uh, it said that napping in the middle of uh, taking a nap in the day is healthy. It reduces stress, and by reducing stress, you reduce anxiety, you um, lengthen your life expectancy, uh, helps with digestion. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of, lot of health benefits to napping during the day. So napping means that I'm going to live to be about 100 years old with, like, healthy poops. Healthy poops, full hair, uh... Your eyesight might get bad. No, I don't. Probably I don't. not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not these eyes. That may be for you, but not these eyes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in a world of constant motion, in a world of constant just hurry and rush, everybody's in a rush, mm-hmm. aren't they? Everybody. Yes, people in traffic. It's so funny to me. Uh, being on the truck and people in traffic how they just constantly want to be in a rush to go 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 but like we both go into this stoplight you know what i'm saying like we're both about to just be sitting here you 
trying to push me and force me to go a little bit faster or move out of the way so you can get in the next lane really isn't doing anything for you because we've both got to be just sitting here. And you know what's crazy is is that they not even rushing to some place they want to be. <laughs> they going to work? Yeah. To be stressed? They going to work or they got to go pick up their kids that they show don't want to be around. That or they don't sick. actually like. Nah, they do not like them. They got to, uh, uh, it's just all these demands on their time, but it's demands of things that they don't even like. Things that they, if they had their choice, they had a million dollars and can do whatever, they would not be going to that place that they're rushing to you now. You are 100% probably correct. Yes. I agree. So all day, people are forced to just live in an existence that they don't want to be in or that they truly don't like. They don't know. They don't have no purpose. There's no meaning to it. What's, what do you like to drive to? Like, where's one place that you're like, when I do get in the car and I am driving to this location, like, I actually want to be doing this? The strip club? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Anytime I've gotten into a vehicle, going to the strip club, it's never like... <sighs> I just really don't want to. No, it's always, uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> can't wait to get there. Can't wait to get there, <laughs> right? And so, uh, uh, but you know, strip clubs, that's like a sacred place. That That's a place. The Holy Temple? It's, it's a place that is not touched by time. It's not touched by prejudice. Uh, it's not touched by, um, you know, um, the social politics, you know, the strip club is a place where you'll find the D boy, you'll find a lawyer, a judge, you'll find the person that just sold you your impossible burger, uh, Whopper, what do they call it? <laughs> impossible yeah, Whopper, yeah, yep. yeah, 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 you know? It's a place where you'll find just everybody, just a mixing pot of everybody. My weed man, he's Your in weed there. Man, he in there for sure. Just chilling and just like, just everybody is there and everybody is in agreement that titties and ass is great. Agreed. No stress. Very, I think we've, We've only seen a couple, all the strip clubs that we've been to, that we've all, all the times we've maybe seen two fights in a strip club. See, I'm so distracted by the ass and titties that's happening on stage. I don't even know what fights you're talking about. I've never seen a fight in a strip club. Seen, I've yeah. seen ass and titties. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and it's been a great time every single time. <laughs> yeah. Almost every single time. That time that we went and the strippers were asking for money, like walking around. Panhandling? The, yes, the panhandling. That was a horrible night. That was. That was a horrible night. That was. <laughs> the panhandling just, it made the whole night go down downhill. It did, especially because I had to let them know about it. I don't know if had to is the right word to use or if you just couldn't nah, not say it. Listen, nah, this, see, this is why we talking because this is one of the lines that's being blurred uh, uh, right here. And uh, we were in a strip club in Kansas. I wouldn't even call it a strip club. I call it a titty bar. 
By the way, don't ever go to a strip club or a titty bar in Kansas. It's a waste of money. It's a waste. It's a waste, especially now. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't speak for all of Kansas, but in Wichita, Kansas, where we was at, uh, baby dolls. I'm just going to put them out there. Dang, you just going to put them on blast? Yeah, don't, don't, (laughs) don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, just just don't do it. Because these girls are getting put out there. They didn't even seem like they was enjoying themselves. You know? They just getting tossed out there. They ain't got no kind of grooming, no kind of schooling. Uh, the, I remember remember the first one that came. Would you like to tip me for my dance? I said, what is your name? <laughs> yep. Oh, my name is... I said, you don't even know my name. You don't know her name. You don't know... you. They you, were definitely lacking customer service skills. Like, they was literally just like, you know, show me the money like they was Jerry Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> they not trying to get a drink first. They not trying to... They ain't trying to do nothing. I wonder if we're just so spoiled by... What was the one that we used to go to? Nah, we just... No. We know, we know our worth. what it's supposed to be and what the experience is supposed to be. But A.B. was damn near trying to cuss these girls out because they was asking him for money. And he just could not believe it. You got that right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in. I'm, I'm, I'm true to this. Not new to this. Oh, hell. It's in me, not on me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've been around too long. And these young girls, anyways... Anyways, service, the service industry is lacking all the way around. It's not just strip clubs, it's restaurants, it's bars, it's uh, uh, um, anywhere where you go where you're getting service, you know, where people are uh, providing some kind of service. I don't care where you are, you get an attitude. You get an attitude, people don't want to be there. They, uh, as soon as they hand you the ticket, they ain't said it, but a couple words to you, but they looking to see what you putting down for the tip. I be like, damn, this, I be like, this shit is crazy. Yes. Well, I told you that you, you also got it bad, um, whenever after payday, after payday, when, once you've been paid and you got a full bank account, like you highly expect for people to be giving you top-notch service because you know that they're working, you know, for a tip or for whatever extra change that you go throw their way. But ABB expecting people to roll out the fucking red carpet because he like, I know that I got X amount of money in the bank and basically y'all going to work for every dollar. You got damn right. It's and, hilarious to And me. they should have some kind of pride. They should have some kind of, some kind of pride. People don't take pride in their jobs anymore. I people see. do not care. I see. Which I think is probably why they have so many, um, like, service jobs to where you can do it on your own, like the Uber Eats and, you know, because the delivery person doesn't give a damn. The delivery person from Pizza Hut, he's just delivering your pizza. Still, he's getting paid by the hour, but he still wants you to give him a tip. If you get your pizza delivered by Uber Eats, that's all this person does all day. That's why they get it to you faster. They come with a smile on their face. Like, I do believe that the uh, these do-it-yourself type apps, they're making, they're bringing back the joys of customer service and, like, people, personal interactions. I believe that. I believe that. And why I got such high expectations is because I'm a good tipper. Yes, yes. I am. You're I'm a, too good of a I'm tipper. I'm a good tipper. It doesn't matter where we go, 
or what it is, I'm giving at least a $5 tip. We literally went to a Mexican restaurant, got two tortas, you know, the bill wasn't even $10 and I gave him a $5 tip. Yeah. I I never give anything under a $5 tip. And if we spend more than, if I spend more than $20, it's going to be almost a a $7 to $10 tip. So I'm a real good tipper, but for that tip, I expect some, I I expect some service. (laughs) And you better recognize, you better recognize whenever, whenever you see me come in, you better, you, you should just know, you should look in my eyes you should look at at the woman I got on my arm, and you should just know, like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, this play, I mean, business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, real talk. So. Okay, so speaking of the, uh, like, do-it-yourself customer service apps, let me tell you the downside of these apps. So, Instacart. So, Instacart is one of those apps that you sign up for, and they uh, do grocery deliveries. Okay. You sign up on the app. Um, tell them what grocery store you're shopping at, do your grocery list, pay for it on the app, and then somebody from the Instacart app will come and deliver it to your to your door okay. at whatever time that you designate. They are having a three-day strike from... The employees are going on strike. The employees as in the drivers. From Instacart? From Instacart. Okay. From, on November the 3rd through November the 5th because um, the drivers are saying that they used to get a 10% tip that was automatically added onto their accounts, Okay. Um, which was awesome for them. They do get paid per the de- delivery depending on how much they're delivering between like three to $7 per delivery. Just depends on how big the grocery order is. But people could automatically add a 10%, um, a 10% uh, tip to that. Well, Instacart was hella slick and people have noticed that their tips have been going down. They're not getting paid as much. Okay. So uh, what they've done is they took the 10% tip and they turned it into a service fee or some kind of hidden fees, which automatically goes to Instacart. So they're ripping their drivers off. So that's why they're going on strike. This, This lady did an interview and she said that when Instacart first came out in her city, she could work 40 hours a week driving for them and make $1,500. Just driving Instacart, delivering people's groceries. $1,500 for 40 hours a week. Now, she said that she is driving and paying for the gas basically to deliver these groceries. She's barely making, unless the people she's delivering to are giving her um, a cash tip, she's barely making anything. They did. Now, when people first started complaining about the, um, they're not getting the 10% tip anymore, Instacart apologized. And so they added where you can add a 5% tip to give to the, uh, the drivers. Mm-hmm. But inflation, gases went up, Trump's fucking up the country. So now people are like, that 5% tip is not enough. We want the 10% tip back and stop adding like customers already paying 10% for the service fees and the hidden fees. Plus, I got to give 5% or 10% tip on top of that. I think Instacart's being hella selfish with this shady. whole... Yeah, that's shady business. Shady. That's what they do, though. Because without the do. drivers, you wouldn't even have an app to... You, would, they, you wouldn't have anything. That's what they do. Once they get their foot in, then they start trying to put it on your neck. It's mm-hmm. fucked up. And I mean, especially when you know how much gas is going up, you go from making $1,500 a 
a week to now, like I'm taking these orders and I'm cashing out because you can cash out up to five times a day. So now these people are literally just cashing out five times a day just so they have enough gas money to go to the next grocery store and do another delivery. This is fucked up. Yeah, that's messed up. That's messed up, you know, but that's common practice with these uh, businesses, these corporations. Probably what happened was, and I don't know, but I can only imagine is that somebody started this, you know, app, little small startup venture because everybody's like, that's stupid. Ain't nobody going, ain't nobody going to pay for For the grocery grocery delivery delivered. What? Uh huh. That's madness. (laughs) And then it took off. And so then they got more investors and they got more people behind the scenes now and they growing and growing and growing. And then that's when them vultures come and they're like, listen, you got to restructure this. Nah, nah, your stockholders or whoever it is that got their money in this, they Mm want to see more of a return faster. So fuck the drivers, you know, fuck the people that's actually making this work for you. You know, capitalism uh, is a bitch. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say just capitalism, but that greed that it feeds, you know, just that I gotta I gotta a greedy soul. I gotta have it all. I gotta take it all, you know, because these people, they ain't doing nothing. It, all it is is just numbers on paper to them, because they're not picking up no groceries. They're not going and delivering the stuff. They not do. They not doing none of that. It's just numbers on paper. They just see like, oh well, this is. This is what we're putting out. This is what we're bringing in. This and that. Well, let's move these numbers here and move this there. Dude, they don't even see people. Like, all they see is numbers on the paper. They don't equivalent that. They don't, you know. Shameful. Translate that into, like, actual human beings' lives. From the people buying it to the people delivering it or nothing. They don't see none of that. All they see is figures. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I could see you having like a uh, a decrease in people wanting to use the app because now the people that are delivering my groceries are like way less friendly now because they're just literally coming in, throwing my groceries at me, putting a hand out and wanting a tip because they got to run and go to the next order because they're trying to catch up on the money, you know? So creating like shitty work environments. I read something on Facebook that said that people don't quit um, horrible, they don't quit horrible jobs, they quit, uh, they leave toxic work environments. Mm -hmm. So it's not the job that's shitty, it's the people that are making it shitty. The bosses are making it shitty, the energy that they're creating, the competition between the workers that they're, you know, implementing. And you know what? This is another thing that I don't like. Uh, well, one thing that I don't like about the apps from Uber to these Grubhubs, all these different things is it's a different person each time. And you can't recommend a certain person. You can't recommend and see if if Stacy is, is delivering, if, if Stacy's driving for Grubhub right now, if she can go pick up your uh, curry from mm, so you you, know. you want to decide who gets your money or who gets the orders well you you know i'm a personable person you remember how how we used to do it? i had cab drivers that i would call <laughs> i didn't call the cab company 
I called cab drivers that worked for the cab company, but I had their personal number. I was like, you working? Okay, yeah, I need a ride. Mm-hmm. Because I know them. They know me. Personal, you know, it's mm-hmm. more it's more connection. It's kind of like that, you know, you're uh, uh, more communal, you know. I don't want to just be meeting a different person each time. I want to meet you once. Uh, use your services again and then by the 10th time you know it's just hopping in like oh, okay yeah you know you can drink you can smoke you could yeah we solid you know yeah when is are they it, gonna have 420 friendly uh uber rides they don't in colorado they might i don't know we'll have places to see. where it's legal i would hope so but you know they don't they don't even um on the app they don't even have to wear you can say like uh, is this a dog friendly or a pet friendly yeah you know and that's what i'm talking about it's so disconnected the way technology is a tool to connect but it's also an impersonal way and it's creating a huge disconnect i like to meet strangers though between people i you you want to build relationships yeah, with everybody? I do. Oh Lord, I want I want a stranger. I don't want to have the same person because there's so many people out here. But it is a high risk though. Yeah, I was about to say because... until you meet that stranger <laughs> that you're like, this ain't my street. <laughs> no, this ain't my basement. Uh, no, 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 no. These aren't the chains I got on my wall. Mine got leather Listen, straps on. Why them. Why must is... you always go to the most extreme situations? Because I was literally gonna say you know meet somebody your driver has horrible body odor you went straight to the basement kidnapping that's, baby steps that's a reality baby, baby steps no, it's a reality you got to prepare for sheree that's a reality you got to prepare for <laughs> prepare to get kidnapped guys yeah. and put in a basement yeah. that's not your basement and who doesn't have leather handcuffs the guy who's not concerned about your wrist not getting cut up He's a bad person. <laughs> He's a very bad. He's not person. very thoughtful. No. Yeah. So that that that's part of the reason why it, it's a huge disconnect, and I'm old school like that. To where I do like that connect. You know, I I like the idea of the Uber and everything, but uh, uh shoot, my brother drive Uber, and from now on I'm gonna call. Hey, you you driving Uber right now? Clock out, man. Come get me. I'll pay you <laughs> <laughs> personally. How much would this ride cost? All right. Yeah, you know, just because, uh, just because. But that's a that's a that's an interesting that's an interesting thing. I hate to hear that that the Grubhub people's is no Instacart. Don't put that on Grubhub. Oh, that's not Grubhub. mm -mm, Don't put that on them. That's Instacart. Oh, okay. My bad, Grubhub. Y'all still all right. Okay, so um, I have some more interesting news. Let's hop over to another continent. We'll go over to Africa and give some news what's going on over there. The um, prime minister for my home spot, Ethiopia, his name is, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly. I'm actually literally not Ethiopian for people that didn't catch that inside joke. I'm not Ethiopian. I don't know that I'm Ethiopian for sure or not. But his name is... Abi Ahmad, Ahmed. Ahmed, Ahmed. Yeah. Abi Ahmed. I'm gonna say Abi Ahmed. 
He's the prime minister of Ethiopia, and um, he got the Nobel Peace Prize this year. Mainly, like, they listed a whole bunch of things that he did that was fantastic, but the biggest thing that people are appreciative of him for and why he got the Nobel Peace Prize is because he brought uh, Ethiopia and Eritrea to peace. They've been basically, like, sworn enemies for ever, and he finally got them on one accord and to where they can... um, travel back and forth between the two countries and they're no longer beefing and at war they're actually working together um to help the like in the impoverished uh situation that's going on more so in eritrea than in ethiopia and i thought that was really cool okay yeah yeah i thought that was good. dope people helping people that's yeah right. I think it's fantastic that he was able to do that for two um uh, for these two countries and i mean i'm sure that it took a while but i'm like his whole thing was like nothing can't be um worked out through conversation like we don't have to go to war and battle with each other we can just talk to each other i think he did it pretty quickly after he got elected yeah yeah through conversation like he was yeah. just like let's i think it was a matter of months after like he six got, months after he got elected that he made this happen and uh that's and you know what he was probably elected because he was telling people i don't know their politics but i'm sure he was telling people like listen i'm gonna end this i'm gonna i'm gonna get this straightened out Mm -hmm. and so then he got in there made good on it and that's what we need in the world yeah because he if he's able to do that for these two countries that have been at odds with each other for years and he does that in six months why is it that we in america can't stop beefing with each other everybody's beefing with the mexicans black and white is an issue black and dark skin dark skin black and light skin black is an issue uh there's just so many issues all and we're all in the same country but he literally got two countries that have been beefing with each other forever to no longer trip with each other and i fucks with it well, they need to send him down to south africa so so <laughs> he can <laughs> handle that <laughs> listen that might be out of that brother's reach. We, You know, he did what he did, and we're going to let him have that. South Africa, I'm sorry to say, but they might be on their own down there. <laughs> yeah, they unruly down there. That's crazy. That's it's cra- a dog-eat, what is the saying? Dog-eat dog, dog world? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And um, the this world is built on division that's how they're able to sustain the um the formula that they got for this world division mm-hmm. you know and division within division within division within division so just like you saying america united states we at is so divided and so secular but even whenever it come down to the divisions there's multi-layered divisions within the division right you know so whenever you get you divide up by race first of all then you divide up by the physical features of the race hair skin tone etc eye color then you divide by the social status you know then you divide you you basically you divide it all the way down 
then you get to the personality and the and and the and the character. Mm-hmm. That's how the the modern. That's that's how the just person that's living through the day to get to tomorrow. That's how they. That's how it goes, because you you in such a hurry to get to do what you really don't want to do, but gotta do just so you can make it till tomorrow to do what you got to do to make it to the next day so then you could pay rent so you could hurry up and get back to work to make the money for the electric bill and to pay the rent for next month that you ain't got no time to just chill and really you know take a look at things from a broader perspective so you gotta you gotta cut out all the be it you gotta you just gotta uh short change everything and then just be like oh okay yeah i fucks with you mm-hmm. even though there's a million other people that it would be better for you to fuck with but nope just from the physical just from the physical and all this and that and you know what's crazy is is that we didn't got to a point in our social structure to where it's like you don't even want like before it'd be like oh you're beneath me i can't i can't fuck with you i'm only trying to step up we didn't got to a point especially us black folks that uh, uh we don't want to no nah, if you uh, if you considered a step up then you uppity you uh, oh uh, yes uh, you this and you, you that bougie. you bougie and now nah, I'm a real one, so I'm gonna kick it with my day ones, who's real ones on too. On the block, we gonna keep it hood. We gonna keep it this. We gonna keep it that. And the same as the flip, you know, it's a flip flop for the the other way also. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's just it's a, it's a that's a mental illness. That's a, that's that's a mental illness that is not discussed readily as far as mental illnesses go. But it definitely is. It's, it's, and it's something that's going to keep us from really, really being able to see things clearly until we're able to see past all that. I think first people have to admit that, um, like, that it's been a social conditioning. Like, we were trained to, to think like this and to see this and to think that you know, anybody that's doing better than me is bougie or thinks that thinks that um, they're better than me or that I'm beneath them. Like, you don't naturally feel like that. You have been trained and taught to feel like that. And so now you think that that's normal and you think that that's rational and mm-hmm. it's a bunch of bullshit. It's a survivor's mentality. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a self-defense, you know, it's a defense mechanism. Cause these these rich rich bitches, black, white, Asian, whatever, they not worried about you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's something that's just in your mind is that you're feeling inferior because of X, Y, and Z, and you shouldn't. Like who cares? And what's crazy is is they feeling inferior too. Yes, because um, maybe because you can cook better than them, or because you can tell jokes, or you feel free and confident to laugh in public, or dance how you want to, or dress how you want to, they don't have the freedom to do that, because they have these societal standards that they're supposed to uphold in public, so I can't laugh out loud, I can't dress like this, I can't admit that I like this, because 
my social class says that I have to act like this. So they're envious of you for whatever reason, you know. So it's just like what they say. People always want what they want, what they don't have. Um, It's that's life. And what's crazy is this all just in our mind. But in places like India, that's real. I met a a driver and he was talking about, you know, his people from India. And so uh, we was talking. I said, well, they don't got trucks over there. What are you doing over here driving? He said, yeah, but. He was like, I can't drive trucks over there. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, uh, where his family is at, there's a hierarchy, and that's below his family standards. So mm-hmm. he would basically be shaming the family if he was to take on that job. take on that kind of take on that kind of job, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so I was like, oh wow, you know. But that's deep rooted. That's part of their culture. That's real deep rooted. Us, we just, we just suffering. We suffering. We suffering. We still got so many thoughts and ideas that are not our own, that are in our heads, that we know don't even feel right. That's why we be in a constant battle and struggle with ourselves all the time, because we're out of line. You know, we're out of alignment. But hey. It'll it'll be November next month, and and, and that's how things go. <laughs> it's just a cycle. Such is life. Yeah, it's just a cycle, and um, really, it takes people really getting to know themselves and getting comfortable with themselves before they can, and and really not caring what other people think good bad or indifferent you know you always got to be a good person but you don't but you're not supposed to care what people think about your actions Mm -hmm. and your thoughts or your ideas or what you do as long as it's not to the detriment of anybody else you know so hopefully uh, uh what do you think are some things that are shedding light on that on which aspect? On the, uh, just the, the racial and, and cultural divisions that we experience I think here. that, um, well, I don't watch TV, but I, <laughs> I watch other people discuss popular TV shows so that I can kind of see like where it's taking people's mind frame where it's taking their mental and there's a show that comes on i don't know what channel it comes on but it's called blackish and they have blackish they have adults adultish and then they have a new series that's like a spinoff of it called mixedish and blackish and mixedish have done a very good job about talking about what it's like to be an african-american family in um in america and then the mixedish show from the commercials i've seen because i don't think it's premiered yet it's really hitting on what it's like growing up as a biracial child in the 70s and the 80s um and then growing up with a black parent and a white parent in the household and like what Mm. the differences are between those parents um what the similarities are how one how the white parent may not always see things from the black perspective and where you no know, even if you are a white person that has black kids sometimes you know your privilege just kind of 
takes over and like you Blind just you. Yeah, yeah, you just you just it. don't yeah. know what you don't know because I've always lived a privileged life, so this is what makes sense. You know you know you know the way to to conquer this. And it'll take a long time, but you know, this is what the uh this is what the Greeks did to the Egyptians is uh, they intermarried. Yeah. So we gotta have your black daughter, your black son, he's gonna have to I know I know we talk about black love. I we was talk about, about to say and we you talk about, about to be canceled, A V. <laughs> what? You don't want black love? Nah, There's I know we ta- I know we talk about black love and we talk about, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, people people be coming for people still in interracial marriages, but I don't know. That might be that might be the way. Just everybody need to be mixed out here. Just just so we need to we need to prepare our young black women and young black men to go ahead and tell them like, hey, it's gonna be a struggle. You know, it's gonna be tough, but. For the betterment of the culture, you know, for society, we're going to need you to go ahead and snag one of them whites up and... uh, I mean, quite honestly, in my opinion, in my opinion, we're all mixed anyways. Like, me being a black American, my, my family was brought over here as slaves. Like, that's how my family got here is through being slaves. If I was to think that not a slave owner or one of his the, his employees or whoever was working for him wasn't having some kind of sexual relationship with one of my great grandmothers great auntie something i'd be fucking crazy yeah they was they was fucking and the- raping <laughs> i wasn't let's i won't call it like it some of it might have been i don't know what people are into hey and you know our culturally culturally this is where our biggest division come in so it's a culture thing right so even if uh um because you see this a lot and i i I experience it a lot where white people don't really start even looking at the black issue until there's somebody black in their family Mm mm-hmm that they know they met you know they've gotten to know they develop a personal relationship because it's just like if if you don't know no asians you ain't got no asian friends no asian history then asian issues just don't apply to like they don't like they're not even a thought on your mind like i got my own we got our own issues (laughs) that's literally my life right now i don't know what Asians are struggling right now. I don't know what their problem is. <laughs> I couldn't tell you one Asian problem today at all. Yeah, you know. Like, what? Well, you guys are not in concentration camps anymore. I thought everything was cool. Yeah. What? Yeah. And Y'all so, beefing? What? Yeah. Y'all got a problem? And so that's what, you know, and so, and so that's the thing is that until, until people are given a human perspective right until you meet like we uh yeah like you say an asian it's like if your sister was to marry an asian man now we gonna start seeing the struggles and the um 
and the stereotypes and the prejudices that Asian Americans go through. Mm-hmm. You know? But up until then, we just like, shit, we thought y'all was straight. You got all the nail salons. You got y'all doing the business booming. You know, you, uh, y'all, y'all, it seemed like y'all doing all right to me. And I think it's the same with the whites and the blacks. Now they know, now with the white and the black, it's a lot broader issue because we know the history there but most people choose to ignore it Mm -hmm. or at least choose to downplay it to where it's like oh it's not like that anymore or it's not because they don't see it they don't see it and they don't recognize even the part that they play in it right because it's just not a perspective they have. It's not a mm-hmm. reality. Not not for the majority of them, but now there are some. Uh, I had a conversation a couple weeks ago with my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is a white woman. And she was talking about, she was talking to me about white guilt. And how she just realized in this, this year, 2019, that she suffers from white guilt. And we had a really interesting conversation just of her basically admitting her white guilt and like how do you maneuver your and how do you maneuver your white guilt and how do you utilize it for the good without basically without making it look like um I'm trying to just be overbearing in in your black life just because I'm trying to right my wrongs Mm -hmm. and I just told her like you just gotta sit there and know you're wrong like you know admit admit it sit in your guilt and then do the right thing but whatever action comes after that from from the person of color whoever it is that you're trying to help and assist let them let them take that and and utilize it in whatever way they feel comfortable you don't get to decide how they react to you trying to save your white guilt Mm -hmm. you know whatever they decide to do with it whether they accept it your help or whether they tell you to mind your fucking business it is what it is you just carry on with that yeah exactly you know i got a broad perspective because i'm mixed uh my, my mother's white uh, in America, in, in, in American terms, I'm white and I'm black. But my daddy, he from Africa. My mom, they from Dutch and German ancestry, right? But I was raised by a black American. Now you have to go tell a little bit more because you said your dad is African, but yeah. we all got African, so you got to more. Okay. Yeah, my dad's from Zimbabwe. And even over there, they're not considered black. They're mixed. They're mixed with Native African uh, from the Shona tribe. They're mixed with Native African, uh, but also, I believe, East Indian and some some kind of Arab also. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so they're considered colored over there. And um, and see, this is the thing: the racial, the racial issues. This transcends just. This ain't just an America thing, you know. The racial and the cultural divides. This is a. This is a global thing. Yeah, this is a. This is a. This is a. This is a global um, issue. Because over there in Southern Africa, it was real bad with apartheid and everything. But uh, coloreds are basically you're mixed black is like you're 
pure-blooded native African, mm-hmm. you know, no other kind of mixture in there. And uh, um, so, but I was raised from the time I was seven, seven or eight, I think, by a, 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 a black American who's like the blackest. <laughs> <laughs> the blackest the blackest of them all you know so i got that i got i got a pretty wide perspective and a full scope you know from white black american and even um you know multi-nationality type global type perspective mm-hmm. you know because uh, i'm still in contact with all my family over there but in Zimbabwe Zimbabwe. but it's really what it is is we're all prejudiced we all are we all got prejudice we all got stereotypes that we feed into we're all a little bit racist you know and we're because we're all searching for our place and we want a firm spot so We're not capable of just accepting differences yet. Differences of opinion. That's why you find the people that that share the same ideas as you, that share, you know, that that got the same kind of ambitions and goals, maybe not in the same areas, but they're ambitious and goal-driven. You know, we look for similarities to those that we want to group together with Mm -hmm. and those that show our differences to the extreme we want to separate distance ourselves we want to distance ourselves from you know to where like so Yeah, so we want to distance. We want to distance ourselves from that, and that's just a. That's just. I wouldn't say it's a natural thing because kids aren't like that. Not until they become conscious of race and conscious of being different mm-hmm. from society. Society instills that in you to where you become conscious of these things. But before that, you know babies they don't little white baby doesn't see a little black baby and be like your skin is dirty yeah i don't want to play with you nah Mm -hmm. i'd say up until the time that you know two three years old probably not until they get to be like maybe four or five or i don't know five or six you know whenever they start going into schools i was gonna say school is and it depends on their home it depends on their home life also Mm mm-hmm you know but so it's not our natural but this is what has been instilled in us you know this is what we've been conditioned to in society that's what we this is this how we this is how we've been conditioned so we just got to accept that and and we just got to own it and we don't all have to agree we don't have to like each other you just got to have a mutual respect that's it you know but people are i know i'm prejudiced i grew up around mexicans that's another thing i grew up in a mexican neighborhood and 
if somebody was just to listen to me, they'd think like, hey, A.B., you don't like Mexicans? Are you prejudiced? Nah. I'd be saying that all the time. I'd be like, damn, what did they do to you? <sighs> How long is this going to go? Because I... That, that, <laughs> We don't have time for a list. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I grew up in the Mexican neighborhood, but all my closest friends are Mexicans. Majority of my closest friends are are Hispanic. Mm-hmm. You know, but I know how they. I know how their people as a whole are. How they view us. How they view us. How they, you know, just I, 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 I know. So. You know, it is what it is, but on a uh, lighter Your note, beard is hella full. <laughs> like it's hella full. It's it's looking real voluptuous right now. Well, thank you, Cherie. Thank you. On another, on a lighter note, Joker. Oh. <laughs> So we're going to talk about it? Yeah, we got to talk about it. That movie right there was hitting on all cylinders. That was a a cinematic experience. It was. It was definitely worth... There's very few movies that I would say, like, that I would gladly go back to AMC and pay another $10 to see. I wouldn't mind sitting in the theater and going for round two and spending another $10. I feel like we would learn more. I do too. I feel like there was some things that I may have missed just because I was in awe of what happened in the previous scene and my mind is just slow catching up to it, but I would like I'd go see it again. Yeah, the cinematography was a, was amazing. Mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix brought that character to life. I mean, he brought it to life. And it's so different from any other version of the Joker that we've ever seen in any of the other movies. Like this was he he literally made this Arthur his own. And maybe that's what it is, is because in this in all the other movies, we just know the Joker. And in this movie, we met Arthur first and Mm -hmm. then he developed into the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. We met Arthur, the kind of the socially awkward couldn't really uh function didn't have a normally. grasp on his mental illness yeah he, he couldn't even just function normally with other people he couldn't you know he was just he was uh his mental illness had control of him but then as he started taking control of the illness and i guess just embracing it he turned into this confident, suave Joker I don't that I could know see. If I would say suave. That like, I you'd could be see. trying to put him on another level, like he Rico Suave. I don't know if he all of that. He was turning into it. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's the last into scene. His own. The last scene, whenever he walked out on that stage, and he was just had the hair pulled back, but not slicked back, like like Jared Leto not trying to be all that it was still kind of crazy it was like a mixture between Jared Leto and uh, um uh Heath Ledger's Joker oh another fave but he came out there and he came strutting and flicked the cigarette and walked right up to that old lady and kissed her right on the lips Mm -hmm. (laughs) he sure did then sat down and then let the world know, yeah, I'm that guy. 
So do you think that um, in the movie, like, his relationship with his mother, do you think that that kind of played a part in just how he viewed the world and how he, how he, how he felt the world viewed him? Because she really was not a nice lady to her, to her son. I feel like he loved her and, like, put her on a pedestal, but she was kind of a raggedy bitch to him. Yeah. Yeah. She was a little... Yeah, she, she told him he wasn't funny. Yeah, she shit all over his dreams. I'm like, and she was stuck up uh, Thomas Wayne's ass. Like, she just kept talking about him, kept talking about him. But she really just played her son to the left. And I was like, you bitch, you might be crazy, but you ain't that damn crazy. Mm-hmm. Treat your son like that. Yeah, they did a real good job in just encapsulating that movie. Now, I've been reading and they talking about it's only supposed to be a one, it's only supposed to be a one, uh, um, one movie. They only planned on doing the one. But it's gotten so much buzz and so much, it's like it's breaking, breaking records. It's breaking records. It's getting so much hype that they saying he's saying he would do another one if Joaquin Phoenix gonna be the Joker Joaquin's like I'm down but the issue is is that they got a new Batman series coming out and we're very hyped and excited about this yeah 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 we are we got got your your boy uh Robert Patterson Pattinson Pattinson got him uh returning this time as the Instead of the fanged crusader, he gonna be the cape crusader. And uh, uh, don't do him like that. <laughs> oh yeah, he didn't even have fangs in that movie. He huh? did sometimes. He did that, sometimes. That, that was the weakest vampire movie. Don't start. Ever. We not. Don't start. That, We're not gonna do Twilight like that this. Twilight was trash. But they. Uh, uh, so they got him coming back as a uh, Batman. I think he's and gonna so, be fucking fantastic. I think he'll be all right. But the the thing, the issue is, is is that they talking about uh, um, basically creative differences. Not that there is a difference, but basically who's gonna who's gonna get a who's gonna get to unite the two characters? You gonna go with the guy that created this Joker, or you gonna go with the guy who's creating this world? of the new Batman series. Who's going who's going, you know, who's going who's going to get the creative control? Cuz they want to unite the two. They want people want to see this Joker with that Batman. But they like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they have to No, they don't have to, but that's just what people want. Well, people also wanted slavery and Everything you want ain't great. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's best to keep it separate. I can see that, yeah. Well, what they're saying is is that uh he had made reference that this Joker may, isn't even the the Joker, Batman's arch nemesis. This he's like the prelude, he's the basically the inspiration and the mentor to the the Joker that is is Batman's that nemesis, is Batman's which makes nemesis. so much sense because in the Joker movie, Arthur is like what forty, fifty years old already. No, I think he was thirty. Thirty? 
He's suffering from mental illness. Okay. Man smokes cigarettes. He's a, a and he's a white man. And he's a white man. Gotham is rough. You know, he been uh, he's been uh, you know, struggling. So we, you know, he's wearing. All I'm that saying, age. yes, black black don't crack. So you know, I understand that uh, him being a white man in this society, it may have aged him. So. Um, I do think that this because Batman was a little kid when we seen him in the movie he was a little kid that was I love though that they did put that element in there of um, how like we all know how Batman's parents were killed in front of him yeah. we actually got to see it and the Joker didn't do it but it it happened because it was inspired by him by his actions yeah. yeah so i thought that was pretty dope i was pretty excited about that Not and the that guy that killed them was wearing a joker mask yes yes so i do I, I think that it would be best um if they did just include a different a different joker like you said he this joker is the inspiration maybe he's arthur is the joker's mentor and yeah. teaches him how to be let's, a psycho killer let's just do a whole series on just villains let's we don't even need a yes. batman let's just have let's just have the craziness and because you have, you're the one that even told me dc's villains are like that's what DC is known for. Their villains are better than their superheroes. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's do that. Let's see what that's like because this was a fantastic movie. I don't know a lot about DC, so I don't know uh, who their other villains are, but I'm interested to see you know what other villains that they could pop up with a, with movies on. Not even just Batman, but like from their other DC movies too. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Well, we coming to an end. They only. Uh on anchor here they only do our segments and we doing it just straight off the hip no editing this the first one but we're gonna do uh one a day and so we just gonna keep building from here uh tune in skip around enjoy this episode enjoy share this with a friend episode. share with a friend don't be selfish <laughs> yeah if y'all got anything, uh, uh, you could leave comments. You could leave messages. I really don't know how this works. This is just my first time even doing we'll this. We'll play with it. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm about to play with them titties. Wait, well, let's get it popping. Sheree <laughs> <laughs> uh, God has been sitting here just adjusting her bra, adjusting her panties. Playing with my locks. Playing with and her locks. I know just... how to lock them down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Much love and respect. We'll, give, we'll holler at you later. Peace.